0: Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back, delving deeper into the discography of Counting Crows. Last week, we discussed the band's heavier follow-up record, Recovering the Satellites. And this week, we're going to talk about their psychedelic, colorful third album, This Desert Life. Here we go. So last week, we talked
1: about Recovering the Satellites, their second album, Oof. what Adam Duritz considers the band's real you know, debut album, I guess, just because as a band, they were so on... Uh, The next album that we get is This Desert Life. And between Recovering the Satellites and This Desert Life, I think they were just there. Obviously, we've talked about it so many times, a huge live band. They're just touring all the time. Uh, So I don't know if there was any other significant um, occurrence that happened between the two albums, uh, except I'm still sort of unsure of when David Immergluck fully joined the band as a permanent member because i've heard accounts that starting with this record he was you know a permanent uh, member but in the liner notes they thank him uh sort of after listing all the band members which makes me think he's still because he's actually i'm not even that curious about it because he only <laughs> plays on a few songs right so i think after this album just like dan Vickery was added right after august i have a feeling immer gluck who i'm gonna call from here on out Immy, uh he was uh added as a permanent live member and then member on all subsequent records
0: the only other thing that that seemed really significant that happened uh before this desert Life came out was that they played woodstock they played oh, woodstock yeah. 99 which right, is huge the, i mean that's yeah that was a big deal. The rehash of Woodstock, <laughs>
1: exactly. Hash, so to speak. But um, yeah. so this Desert Life. Tell me about uh, this Desert Life in terms of statistics. Josh.
0: So this Desert Life came out November second, ninety nine. The third fall record that they've put out. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as the last album, um, though you can probably take some minutes away for uh, just
1: as long, but fewer songs. Oh, there's so ten these songs, songs. Plus a bonus are track.
0: Yeah, drawn out in a this, great way. This was produced by David Lowry and Dennis Herring. Uh, David Lowry from Camper Van Beethoven, who David Immergluck yes, would play with, mm-hmm. and Cracker as well. Um, this was mixed by Jim Scott, so this is important because he is known as being the producer for Wilco.
2: Ooh, I can kind of yeah. hear that. Ooh. And also,
0: he won a Grammy for mixing Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whoa. Yeah, so there's Love a lot it. more yeah, talent I lo- I on this album. I never looked
1: into yeah. all the people who recorded it, but that's yeah. great.
0: This one was recorded in a casino on a hill in Hollywood instead of a house, which is wild. Really? That's what I, it's. Re- it's in the liner notes.
3: Whoa. Yeah, so there's no kind idea. of,
0: we'll talk obviously about the it word of this album. Yes, it does, I exactly. like knowing that. Um, this album hit number eight on the billboard. That's still amazing, but like for you sure. said- um a big dip from number one from recovering the satellites there wasn't a huge hit on this album i mean hanging around was the big single yeah and that was that was big and colorblind made it became popular after the fact but i don't think it was a huge single um so i think at this point the band is sort of on the downswing of their popularity in mainstream music sure But this is such an interesting record because they have really changed up their sound again. Like this is a this is wild. This is an extremely experimental
1: record for them. This is
0: like their psychedelic record. This is their
1: Sergeant Pepper's or Pet Sounds because they didn't care if some of these songs could be reproduced live. Granted, they eventually were able to reproduce all of them live. Thank God for us. (laughs) (laughs) But they, that's I think that was the mindset they had going in all of these songs were composed solely in the studio. There were no preconceptions, no rules, no songs beforehand. So I think that gave, you know, the musicians and Adam and everyone just a freedom to just be like, what are you feeling? What are you feeling like playing today? Mm, And it's just like, it created this, it created this creative atmosphere and this album is so colorful. There are so many textures I love it. It's so sonically interesting. I love the sound of this album. Yeah. I
0: love the space that they're able to create musically in so many of these songs.
1: The instrumental palette is so expanded for all of them. The songwriting also gets a little more theatrical at times. Yes. And grand, but in a great way. It doesn't I'm, come off as cheesy I'm at all. I'm so
0: proud of them. Like, Me too. To go from August to recovering is a huge leap. To go from recovering to desert life is another huge yes. leap in, in some ways they went back a little to their august folksiness and yeah. there are a couple moments that feel like they brought back sort of the folksy americana mm-hmm. stuff so they've ditched the heavy rock music almost completely almost. on this album except for a couple <laughs> moments um i've said this before but this is a really special album to me because this is the first full album i picked up by them and it's just it's just a dream it, it, it is, is a dream it is something That's about this album that, way of putting it that is very surreal to me almost at times me too all right let's get right into it our top five favorite songs are on their third album this desert life i'll start it off please I'm not confident about my list. I'm not either. Okay. My number five favorite song on this album is Amy Hit the Atmosphere.
1: I'm so happy you put that on. My number five is Mrs. Potter's Lullaby.
0: My number four song is Mrs. Potter's Lullaby.
1: My number four song is Colorblind. Ooh.
0: My number three song is Four Days.
1: (laughs) I think we're about to have the same three. My number three song is Four Days.
0: My number two song is High Life.
1: My number two song is also
0: High Life. Okay. So our collective number one song on this album is I, I Wish I Was, I was a, was a girl. girl. Wow. I made the right call. Yes.
1: Well, no, you know. <laughs> See,
0: I'm not sure. Because if you those, had
1: put High Life at one, I, I
0: would have felt those, just as good as it. Those two everyday switch for me for different reasons, sort yeah. of based on what I'm feeling and what mm-hmm. I want to listen to. And we'll get into why, but... Okay, wow. So the top three, four out of five songs we picked were identical, Yeah, which um, makes sense. Yes. Um, There are some songs on here that just aren't as strong as the strongest moments, so it doesn't create as fluid of an album as it could be, personally. It's
1: interesting. I actually find the album to be a great listen, and yet I think the bookends are the weakest parts. 100% agreed. That's what
0: I meant, actually,
1: by fluidity. Yeah. It's the like when, book... when you get from Mrs.
0: Potter's Lullaby to Speedway. Perfection. Track two to nine. That sound. To me, that's what's a little frustrating about this album, mm-hmm. is that it could have been perfect and it's not. Because hanging around Mrs. Potter's Lullaby, which I love, St. Robinson and Kid Things sound nothing like the middle passage of this album whatsoever Hmm. they almost feel like a different record and to me it doesn't flow as well because of it hanging around we'll get into these songs but hanging around is a banger that is the most this so not indicative of the rest of the album it's and why did it start it off i don't know
1: unless it's the theme of like this guy just kind of rollicking in his 20s getting high all the time and this is now a dream like definitely 30s that's no, but the, the hanging around is about his time oh, in his okay. 20s. <laughs> Thank you.
0: All right, let's get into our top five, though, before we start talking about for hanging sure. around. Okay, so my number five pick was Amy Hit the Atmosphere. Today, today
3: fading into another. That can't be what a life is for. The thing she said well, she feels a lot better. better. And that's all that really matters to me. We've waited so
0: So as we were just saying earlier, I'm this so is, happy you put this on the yeah, on, on this, your list. This is the first song on the album that to me... Encapsulates the sound and the aesthetic of the record, mm-hmm. and I just I love it. It's this beautiful waltzy drum shuffle, yeah. and this thumping bass, and there's this atmospheric guitar. Yes. The sound is just beautiful. This is this wonderfully woozy verse melody. I just love the sound. Well said. Yeah, I you just should, you love... should write a music <laughs> blog. I just love the sound of this song. And when the guitars come in, they're druggy the guitars and swirly.
1: Throughout this song are so good. I especially love the...
0: <laughs> so what you were just vocalizing is, I it feels like the guitars are always creeping around the corner yeah. into your eardrums. And there's just so many pretty parts and riffs and lines to just gush so over this song feels like i don't think this specifically is a
1: term it feels like a heat fever dream Ooh, okay i mean he talks about sort of washing away sunny days but there's also something about it that just seems so like under the desert sun And they paint that musically so well mm. i love it this song I don't know if you read if you read this at all, but it's about this young girl that he knew who was sucked into uh, the heroin culture. No, he, she was an eighteen year old girl. What's nice to know is that I was watching an interview from a couple of years ago where he said, "I recently got a message from Amy, and she's now married." Oh, that's
0: <laughs> so great. So she was
1: able to actually get, get out. She great. was able to, you know, get a rocket ride out of the gutter, which is one of the lines here.
0: Mm. Beautifully said. I love when Adam has a dual vocal part when he starts singing over, over himself. himself like in the second verse.: Yeah, it's just very cool and it, it, it adds to the kind of trippiness a little bit that the, Yeah, exactly.: Yeah, I, I love that. I adore these choruses. <laughs> no, I was well Sorry. Right. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the chorus.:
1: Yeah. It's a great exclamatory chorus. I love those upwards melodies. Yeah. We've waited so long. And then it just takes so long.
0: Boom, 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 Meanwhile, boom.
1: this the chorus of this and a lot of other songs on this album are really well written, but they don't sound. The progressions are unique to mm. me. And I think it's kind of part of the theatricalness. There's something about the chords he's using. I haven't gone to the piano and really looked at exactly what they are, but it seems different. I think the writing at times is very different in how one chord goes into the next. And the choruses are not very just like cut and dry. Like, okay, this is the chorus part. There's like an end to the chorus that has different chords. I can't really explain it better than that. You just definitely have to listen.
0: This song was co-written with Matt Malley. So, I mean, the bass work also is just slinky and beautiful the ending to this song is is stunning to me it's just this beautiful cacophony but in a mm, that sounds negative and or noisy no, but no, just like no, this beautiful ah, it's like a ra- it's not a round. xylophone and there's sitar sitar on yep. it it sounds so cool yes. I mean oh
3: man
1: this also this type of vocal vocal orchestration foreshadows some stuff that they do on later albums which i think is some of their Anyone best but you. work and one other which i don't <laughs> say just yet okay. but yeah really special a special song this was on a list of probably 8 that i had 8 out of 10 or, eight out eight out of 11. 10 or 11 and it didn't make it but i'm very glad it did for you mm.
0: Okay, next let's talk about Adam's number five and my number four pick, the second single, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Well I
3: know I don't know you, and you're probably not what you see. Oh, but I'd sure like to find out, so why don't like i said
0: earlier this is such a strange song for them and not indicative of the rest of the album but i love it there's something about it that just keeps bringing me back it's a long song that never feels long to me
1: i agree it's a lyrical feat this song it's insane and feast. Yeah. It was written in eight hours. <laughs> I just love all. I, I I just want to tell you all these things yeah. because I find that to be insane. Um, I also, to be honest, I definitely agree. Hanging around does not feel right for the album. This
0: kind of feels right to me. Really, this feels why. like a I shuffling think, road trip
1: adventure. Does also, it sound. I think. What helps is the production. This is the first time that songs bleed into one another. Yes, yes. So, and even though, I guess you're saying both of these songs don't really work with the rest of the album, I think bleeding, hanging around into Mrs. Potter's, it helps this kind of fluid atmosphere that they're going for. I don't know why. I never thought of this one specifically as not working well with the rest, but aside from that, this song is another one that, keeps on giving. It's yeah. not in the same way as like Angels of the Silences. It's pretty much verse chorus, verse chorus over and over again, but little instruments keep creeping in. He changes little melodies here and there. The chorus melody is just so heartwarming. That I That harmony the on, harmony yeah hey mrs. you know changing the lyrics every time it's hey mrs potter don't go hey mrs potter i don't
0: know hey mrs potter don't cry hey mrs potter i know why i love that i love all the carnival imagery yes. in this song so much Well, I'm an idiot walking a tightrope of fortune and fame. I'm an acrobat swinging trapezes through circles of flame. If dreams are like movies, then memories are films about ghosts. Love that analogy. And that gave them the title of their greatest hits album, Films About Ghosts, Memories. Exactly.
1: You can never escape. You can only move south down the coast, which is very him. Him. (laughs) Um, In general, I love this song. It's basically him falling for this actress on a t on a movie screen who he ends up dating by the way monica potter is mrs potter's uh, mrs potter from mrs potter's lullaby lullaby. um but the whole song is just him being like hey i don't know you but but i want to know you but i want to know you and and this is just a song about me he's just kind of writing about himself but in such a good way so that whole like moving south down the coast if you've never stared off into the distance then your life is a shame i just personally like that because i agree with that Uh, and though I'll never forget your face, sometimes I can't remember my name. Mm. So good. There's a piece of Maria in every song that I sing. So we were talking about that. I don't think he's talking about Maria McKee.
0: That's where it started. Yeah. Basically, Ira that she became sort of his inspiration and muse because she was also on Geffen at the time and he sort of looked up to her and had a crush on her Mm -hmm. and so he he sort of used her name to embody Uh, this sort of identity that he uses in songs but then I've heard that he also Maria is
1: him yeah so So Maria I think is his muse it's everything that sort of gets him to want to write and I think Maria is is yeah it's him it's a character but it's everything that he's sort of feeling which is Most characters, I guess, in a lot of his songs... Well, that's not actually true. A lot of the people that he talks about are specific people. Right. But a lot of what he sings about, even if he's not specifically saying, me, I feel this way, it's all about him and his feelings. The second verse guitar that comes in is by Clay Jones. I don't know if you read that at all. There's this guy, Clay Jones, who pops up on a couple other songs. I think he's this... I don't know if he's big time, but I'm just going to say big time bluegrass artist. I don't know how they got in touch with each other. But this guy just kind of shows up uh, in a couple areas. And I really I really like that. Again, just every little bit that comes in, Dan is responding to Adam at every Response
0: moment. is the perfect word for it. Because every time Adam sings something, he'll sing something back as if they're like dueling yes. at like a jazz club or yes, something. It's, because it's, Adam so cool. leaves
1: these spaces in what he's saying and it lets the band just kind of speak up. Uh, You know, when he sings,
2: shatters his glass on the floor,
1: (inaudible) (inaudible) his nice little Charlie piano line. Um, Something really interesting about this song. I guess I don't want to take too long, but I'm going to give you the the backstory of the song. So this is uh, Monica Potter. So Adam was actually introduced to Monica she came to the recording session of this song, one of the early recording sessions. They played through it a couple times, and I guess Dennis Herring, or David Lowry, I don't remember which one, gave Monica a cassette of, like, take four of the recording session. And then it sounds like they started working more on Mrs. Potter's lullaby. They started, like, overproducing it, putting more and more overdubs, and Adam was just like, it was sounding awful. So he went over to Monica's place one night, and she... Played something and she played that tape. He didn't know what it was. He's like, What is that? And she's like, Oh, this was like something that I was given. This is like take four. And he's like, Holy shit. So he (laughs) brings that like more bare track back to the band and is like, We did this. Like, we got to use
0: this. Like, basically strip everything back down. So it came full circle. Mrs. Potter gave him the version of Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Love it. From there, let's go to Adam's number four pick Colorblind.
3: me out from inside i am ready i am ready i am ready i am
0: fine this was fighting for me good for number five because you you looked I, at me like oh really I just never knew that. You, I just know there's so many songs in this album that you love. I didn't know that this was necessarily going to make your list.
1: I think this suffered, quote unquote, from my own overplaying. This was mm. also one of the first songs I learned on piano.
0: Very easy. I knew it too, or I knew it. Too. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: very simple, but it was always so beautiful, and I was always able to recreate it. So I think I liked it so much it's just i can't say it enough it's so beautiful and dreary in a great way it's and, so intimate this and, song is so and for intimate. just it's not just him in piano well it but, starts that way but for a song of. that's basically him and piano it still has an awesome like produced feel where the piano has a great reverb there's a cello that oh, comes in those plinky keys yeah there are these like bing bing like stardust kind of That's a great word for uh, notes that come in it, the progression is really nice too you know how like landslide has a cyclical progression where it goes like down mm-hmm. and then up again this is the same thing which i really like it just it gives it a nice momentum the melody is great, and it rises. I am colorblind, toffee black, or coffee black and egg white. Pull me out from inside. I love that kind of rising thing. And then he lands on I am ready uh, with that harmony. And then as soon as he hits I'm fine, it goes to the major chord. And it's just like, it's really well written. Mm. There are bells, oh my bells. Those bells, bells. Have bells
0: you... are <laughs> everything to me. And there's so... those the, the stardust you're, so you're talking,
1: sp- talking about, but... They're so sparse and Adam... Well, the stardust I'm talking about is, like, in the second verse, it goes... Oh, ding,
2: yeah. ding, ding, ding.
1: But there are these, like, soft, subtle bells that I think Adam actually played. And it's just like... Oh, how could I forget? The
0: Mellotron... Super fluty. I love it.
1: Yes. that. Well, that is what Mellotron... If, if you have trouble distinguishing between Mellotron and other instruments, Mellotron is very specifically like a, a shaky flute. That's how I see it as. I mean, yeah. it can take different forms,
0: but... I just... The, the way this whole song builds is really phenomenal. Builds re- for a soft song. For, I was just gonna say, it builds for something so intimate and pained, and I, I love this song. This... This song is one of their most popular songs ever. Yeah. If you look you know, digitally, streaming-wise, ask your friends, people know this song. This did not suffer what Mr. Jones and Long December to me, I, I, right. I will go to this song. I love this song. And I think other people who,
1: I mean, we haven't even talked about this, which we can talk about a lot, but... Unfortunately, I get a lot of shit for how much I love this band, which I just don't understand. And I know blasphemy. you don't either. It no. is blasphemy. And yet, this song, I feel like some people who might give me shit because they know Mr. Jones. And I mean, a lot of people like accidentally in love. But even that, it's like very poppy. There's something about this song that people are like, oh, yeah, that's Counting Crows? So this like, is the oh, Don't like Panic that.
0: of their discography? Yes, exactly. I said the same thing for the yeah, Panic. Yeah, just a brief toy. aside. I mean, To answer your question, I think people who don't like Counting Crows or who don't know Counting Crows or who don't give them the time of day see them as a 90s radio band. They became so popular at a time where radio music was at its all-time high Mm -hmm. that the singles were so ubiquitous that that's all people know them for and didn't continue to follow their records. And I feel like critics didn't either because I'm so glad we're doing this because this is a band that's criminally underrated, criminally underappreciated, and criminally under uh critiqued and sort of looked at in in a way that we're doing now.
1: Aside from their fans, Counting Crows has always had people who love Counting Crows love Counting Crows. They They have always had a very exactly they get it. They've had a very dedicated fan base, which is how they've been able to, one of the reasons they've been able to survive longer than a lot of other bands. They've been together for 25 years and they're still playing live making records it's pretty long for a band and and i think a big part of that is is their dedicated fan base anyway that was a brief aside i'm sure we'll talk about it again
0: so so but anyway colorblind became such a big song for them it wasn't a single but it was prominently featured in a scene in cruel intentions yeah this other 99 which i uh, only
1: watched for the first time earlier this year actually
0: what do you think The movie it ah, it's good <laughs> moments I liked
1: hearing Adam Exactly <laughs> that exactly. was the best part of it um, when he sings
2: I am folded and unfolded and unfolding I am He's so desperate it's
1: oh it's so great and also I am colorblind coffee black and egg white pull me out from inside great lyric it Coffee black such and egg a white great lyric. I love that just like i just see a black and white like dreary you're just kind of like at a table like having your coffee exactly and then you don't like aren't leaving your house and just like pull me out pull me out from me like Mm. oh it's great it's
0: a stunner yes next let's talk about our collective third favorite on this desert life here we go four days
1: I Really, for me, I love this album. Four days, you know what? I just realized <laughs> All My Friends wasn't on your list. Yeah, that's crazy. That was always a Josh song. Yep. What I was gonna say was, Four Days High Life, I Wish I Was a Girl have always been the holy trinity, the holy grail. Yeah, the holy grails. <laughs> um, and I agree, High Life and I Wish I Was a Girl I think are slightly higher still. I am addicted to this song. It is so addictive, and it's so short and sweet compared especially to the rest of the songs on the album. I think this is just around three minutes. And this is
0: peppier. Yes. But it does fit the mood and the experimentation of the other songs that surround it, that it fits perfectly to me. And it's a nice, bright high point in a sort of slower, sadder section. It's
1: very warm and propulsive. So I was talking about Clay Jones, who did acoustic guitar on Mrs. Potter. He's actually the one doing those grumbly electric guitar oh, things. Oh, cool. Because you know who's playing bass on this song? Immy. Immy is playing bass. It's not even Matt. And the bass kills it, but we haven't even gotten there yet. But so it's interesting that I think Dan is actually playing acoustic guitar Mm. and Dave is the one playing those amazing (gasps) 12-string sunbursts into the chorus. Is that
0: Amazing. Everything that sounds 12-string to me. Yeah. Anyway, great
1: great verses, but the highlight of the song is 100% the chorus.
0: Yeah, the bass we just talked about is just thumping, I love and the drums that. are endlessly interesting. Yes, they're doing so. Such ben cool like
1: starts off just on the low tom in the first chorus, like and then he does this, and then he goes to the hi hat. It's like if you listen carefully, he changes it up so nice and has crashes here and there. But that is everything. Also, just the chord change to the C major seven, which that's the chord that they do is perfect yeah. it's everything it's, uh, and i was just talking about uh dave and those 12 strings they just bring you so nicely into that chord they into blend that chorus the
0: sections of the song so well
1: and i love the theme of the in the verse in the chorus in the post-chorus if you want to call it there is always this i-n, or, i-n, that kind of thing They're, with the harmony all over it's not just like they just do that in the chorus they do it in the verse they do it in the they
2: descend and then they climb,
1: and then uh in the post-chorus
2: that's one of anyway. my favorite
1: parts oh it's amazing yeah. i love this and song. the jazzy drums yes. during that which he does the same beat in recovering the satellites it's the same thing as that that kind of thing it's just so nice it lands so nicely on that
0: like halftime swung beat uh have you noticed the drums are kind of mixed weird like they've got a crackle to them yeah which is really interesting this is
1: the thing this they were just experimenting on other songs too there are different sounds that come in when he hits a snare drum and stuff like that And then the outro, where they're just kind of vocalizing, and Dave is just going. (laughs) The
0: the guitars (laughs) all over this outro are so fun. This song is just so fun. There's so many propulsive musical melodies all throughout that. But it's fun in
1: a different way than like hanging around, which is like rollicking, drunk fun. This is just like, it just feels nice and good and and bright that it's something that we didn't really talk about i guess uh when we were just discussing the album as a whole there's something about this album that is lighter lighter than their past two records for sure still lyrically like he's talking about himself and he's talking about you know things that he's going through but lyrically and musically it's not as heavy dark heavy dark angsty. depressing yeah lyrically he's like just kind of commenting on like what's going on in his life and thinking about things. And it's not as it's not as woe is me. I mean, he's still Adam. Like he's still, (laughs) he's always going to be Adam. But one last thing I wanted to say, I was bringing up with Omaha, the yearbook thing about, uh, Rachel's friend. So my senior yearbook quote, which I look back on and I wouldn't say I cringe. I kind of laugh at was take a breath, take your time, spread your wings and rise. Which is in the verse of four days. I just thought I needed to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. Cemented in your high school past forever.
1: People will, will, will always know.
0: Okay, next, let's talk about our collective second favorite. This easily could have been my number one and was for a long time. This is High Life. Pure
3: nature of the people we have been, we have.
1: This is the most experimental song they have ever done. Most experimental song on the album, for sure. Everything. It's so trippy.
0: It's trippy. The keyboard sound the little, is it's so It's like a cool. sonar synth. Yeah, I exactly. And then... You know, eventually you'll start adding those guitar strums and the dum- drum shuffle and then more REM guitars yeah. and bass and then tambourine. Ding, and then ding, ding, they're ding, just ding. layering, layering yes. all these amazing. It literally sounds like they're just like going to the closet and adding more <laughs> instruments as the song goes on. It's
1: also, he's got spoken word throughout the song. And so to start off with that and then to go into like a rambling melody. And again, he just comes up with great melodies throughout this song, he recorded it upside down. Which is crazy. Talk about experimentation. It sounds like he wasn't getting the right
0: vocal take. Vocal he wanted to to sound a little more strained yes. for, for what he was singing about, which God, he's such an artist. I mean, that's such a stupid thing to say out loud, but he really fucking cares. He, yeah. he he has it in his mind the way he wants these things to sound. And if they don't, he will change things to... I'm not saying anything revelatory, but no, it no, is really... You're, you're absolutely it, right, it re- though. more respect, the more I f- hear these stories about their songwriting, their recording processes, I'm yeah. just amazed. They're uh, such uh, a yeah. uh, <sighs> so, raw, natural So band. you were talking about that experimentation, the most experimental song... When the chorus of this song comes in my brain unlocks <laughs> or something. Does not know how to
3: process There's everything
0: happening.
1: this crazy uh, theatrical but it's just like what is it? It's Im- yeah. What is it? It's amazing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it
0: so good. Like I said my brain can't process it. like it's so good. I don't and it's his... so hard that this wasn't number one but that just shows you how good the next one is but and his, his melody, just the oh
2: waiting God. here for you, mm. wanting to tell you how I get my ends and my beginnings, beginning's mixed up too. Best part of the song. Just the way you. Do. Yes. Oh God, it's so cool.
1: Best part of the song to me is stay
2: for just another day when
1: Charlie goes. Honestly, that's like very, now that I think about it. I don't know if it's Pippin. Again, Josh and I grew up in a household musical that was theater full of Broadway. So I don't know if that's one of the reasons you and I cling so much to this band. Because there is something very just like Expression
0: expressionistic.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I believe me, I try to think about it a lot. And <laughs> there and obviously the songwriting changes from album to album and song to song. But things like this, I just I don't know. I always wonder if it's because of that. But hmm. Anyway,
0: so all you Broadway nerds out there, get, get on the countercross train. But even if you're not, please do. There's some. They're, so, they're so amazing. So amazing. I love his.
2: So unkind.
0: And suddenly, there's bongos that appear out
2: of yeah, nowhere. They've
0: got percussion going on. They've got. There's just always new things to hear and new surprises around every corner of this song. It's just so exciting to listen to, despite it being sort of. S- I don't want to say slow, but like sort of trippy and psychedelic. Yeah. It's just exciting. There's not like two, ma- there are two major
1: changes, which is just the verses and the choruses. It's not like it goes through a bunch of different places. It just adds so much and it it's just so unique. Adam once said, we haven't even talked about one of these songs yet, but he said that the three main songs that he would tell people to listen to. Uh, for Counting Crows are the three songs that sum up Counting Crows are Round Here, High Life, and the song 1492, which is just a raucous punk rock, just yeah. like Rocker. Which is so but it's so true. It's
0: these three different aspects of Counting Crows, uh, which just Come together from this band that can do so many different styles so well. So well. I just needed to, to talk about some of the rest of the vocal stuff he does in the this album. When he starts singing this "Desert Life," this high life, and his voice starts to uh, yeah, it and, just and starts you can just to, imagine him sort of just like straining. And then at the end of the song, the strings start leaking out of every part, and I just. It just—it's so lovely, and Adam is rambling. The music is like swallowing him, him up. Yeah, I, I, it's just so perfect. And Dan adds these,
2: bling, 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 bling. and
1: Ugh. it just jams until the end. And it's six minutes of experimental goodness. I
0: love the lyric. All my friends got flowers in their eyes. This is the opening lyric. Yeah. But I got none this season. All of last year's blooms have gone and died, but time doesn't give a reason. Mm. That's got kind of like a sing-songy poetry to it, but it's it's perfect. And it just... It, I love the way it opens with that sentiment. It's...
1: Oh, man. I agree. Lyrically everything you've ever done wrong is the reason that i'm driven straight to you that's just a great thing to say about a loved one honestly or messed up whichever way you look at it i thought if i told you you might want to stay for just another day or two like the chorus specifically is so desperate and he's just waiting there and he's just like so in
0: love and and it's yearning there's a lot of yearning going on Mm. in the song in this album yearning is one of the top five adjectives you can say about adam and the crows so. for sure <laughs> yeah. and then yeah i mean you talked about it melodically but how i line my sky with all the
1: silver i can use it's also just a great way of saying like i'm just trying i'm just trying here to like to find well, silver a lining. day exactly yeah that's what i, I love think. that
0: okay and our number one favorite song on this desert life is i wish i was a girl
3: i'm going down i a girl, so that you could believe me and i could shake this static every time i try to sleep i wish for all the world but I could this is there. another
0: trippy colorful blissful sound that i just want to live in I-, I just love the sound of this song
3: yeah
1: and it's another song that just keeps on giving sure literally does. literally every section and yeah it's probably the rockiest song on this album after hanging around yeah but even that it's like different this is like straight ahead just like a rock beat that one's more it's like hip-hoppy kind of it's got a heavy hanging around. distorted guitar but yeah this one it has this sexy fat beat that ben just lays down and again talk about drone bass you know these verses are all matte, just kind of boom, ding, 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 boom ding, ding, while the, like the
0: verse chords are changing. And there are these synthy effects that are super psychedelic and yes. add such a nice texture. A to lot, everything. Of, I think, a
1: lot of it's Mellotron. It's yeah. just there again doing Mellotron on the choruses and the verse.
0: Do you notice the the effect on the drum snare? This in the second verse, yeah. yes. It goes
1: there's like this little I don't even know what you would call it. It's like little whistle yeah kind of. yeah yeah it's very strange but I, again that's sort of it what works. i was talking about before where they just add these things to make it sound a little different and colorful
0: there's the the mellotron sounds especially beatles-y on this song i don't know if you feel that way yes but because like, it like rises in that kind of strawberry fields way yeah. maybe
1: you could say fool on the hill yeah i agree for all the things you're
2: losing. Great melody. And I'm going down to Hollywood. They're gonna make a movie from the things that they find crawling around my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even talk about probably my
1: favorite guitar riff ever. Really? Yeah. It's so simple. do 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 It's great. <laughs> <laughs> because works over just the like intro riff chords I mean that is the riff but then he plays it again in the chorus when the chords keep creeping up and it just keeps working over it and there's something about the production of it it just it just sounds so dreamy and it works with like some of that other crunchy guitar and like Amy hit the atmosphere right. and stuff like that and the chorus is great I mean you talk. I've been <laughs> no. I've been eating up your time. No, the
0: chorus is fantastic. And I love the little background vocals and vocal effects that they do in the chorus.
3: You can't believe me.
1: So that is this guy, Chris Seafried. Mm-hmm. And Chris Seafried, I guess, is a member of Low Stars with uh, Dave Gibbs dave gibbs is a friend of adam's from gigolo aunts who he also, wrote uh,
0: los angeles with him
1: right and he i think he appears on that song and some other things anyway i just thought that was an interesting tidbit because i always loved that octave which you don't usually hear with counting crows they don't usually true true double the same melody just an octave above or in falsetto and i was like
0: who is that and i guess it's this random guy chris Seafried. the end of the chorus I can say hey Elizabeth, you know I'm doing all, there's so much happening even in just that one moment that I love. I love the callback to Elizabeth from Goodnight Elizabeth. Yep, same girl. I love that the the drums stop for a second and there's just sort of a cymbal in the background. Man, it's so good.
1: And again, like, I was talking about how the choruses are sort of written and structured. Something about how this one ends. The chords that happened during the
2: Elizabeth, you know I'm doing alright these days. It's just
0: so well written. If this song was just the verse and the chorus and the verse and the chorus, I would still love it. However, let's get to the main attraction here. The bridge of I Wish I Was a Girl could be the best Counting Crows moment of all time. I think it could the best, be the bridge best bridge of all time. Of all time.
1: Not just Counting Crows bridge. Just, this, just listen
3: to this bridge. It makes me think of the bad decisions that keep you at home. How could anyone else have changed anyone else's? of these wrong conclusions. Everyone, re, oh, rage. How could everyone
1: else everything rage? just sucks Cuts away yep. pulls you into a dream oh, that shimmery symbol yes there's the most in this gorgeous and that, mandolin guitar yes, that crunchy guitar there's all this stuff there's little mandolin squeaks there's that crunchy guitar there's also like just kind of clean, a little warbly guitar. There's like so much
0: guitar. There's just so much going on and it's so quiet and beautiful and getting you ready for what's about to come.
1: An amazing vocal performance and melodies and everything and the build. It's all in the
0: build. Adding the drums, then the Mellotron, the bass, the piano, the... Oh my God. And again, you've got that guitar leading the whole thing. (laughs)
3: One of these dreams? And that
0: Boom. piano. It is chill inducing. There's just so much warmth that comes over me when I listen to this bridge. And it's just, it's not over. Like, and okay, just uh, <laughs> the
2: melody. How could everyone rearrange? How could everyone else have changed? What I see, I
1: believe. We're singing it nice and pretty, but like he's straining his voice in one of those like raw people might see as whiny ways, which is just perfect, Adam Duritz. The vocals
0: that are going, yes, the vocal staccato. As he's singing, it's just the most perfect thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Honestly, this is such an amazing musical moment of my life, this bridge. Yeah, that I, I agree. just I need everyone to know about this song.
1: And it's also specifically just that one chord change on the What I See, I Believe works unbelievably. I can listen to this bridge on repeat. It's...
0: Oh. And then it just drops right back to the verses. For
1: all the things I'm
0: losing. And... And there's a second bridge or an outro or something they, it just, they just can't stop and I can't sleep at night I can't sleep at night I can't
3: sleep at night I can't sleep at night, sleep at night. Sleep at
1: night. you know what's crazy? Emmy is the one shredding over this outro those guitar whales. I always thought it was Dan. And then there's like,, and it's all Emmy. but uh, but I just have to go back to the I'm going down Hollywood that Dan does in the last verse. and then though, she could believe me that Chris does always changing. Always amazing, always Counting experimental. <laughs> <laughs> Counting crows.
0: I love the lyric. They're gonna make a movie from the things that they find crawling around my brain. That so is good. Such a quintessential Adam lyric and yes. sentiment that I, I I love and connect to that so yes. much.
1: The devils in the dreaming. He tells you, "I'm not sleeping in my hotel room alone." This is, this is about Elizabeth. He found out that she thought that he was cheating on him on her. Sorry, uh, while he was out on the road, and this was his song to be like, "This wasn't happening." And also, just you see yourself descending from a building to the ground. You watch the sky receding. You spin to see the traffic rising up, and it's so quiet. You're surprised, and then you wake. Oh, what so fuck? Way.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: Incredible song. Incredible.
0: Okay, so now that we've gone through our top five favorites on this desert life, let's talk a little bit about the other songs that we didn't pick on the album. So we've mentioned it a couple times before, but this album opens kind of on a weird note with Hanging Around, which was the first big, the first single, the big single off this album. It starts with a sort of odd chirping effect and like yeah. yelling. And like, it sounds like you're in the studio. It quickly exactly. becomes a party song. Very quickly, it tells you this is going to be a fun. And you know what? This is probably the first fun song. It's exactly <laughs> what I what I wrote like down. A, the first two albums, beautiful, sometimes poppy, sometimes well, folky, sometimes heavy. You have Mister Mr. Jones, Jones, I guess. I, I That's guess I the did. Call, and in fact, thing. I think I called it a party song too. <laughs> <laughs> but this is no, more. This is, different. this is different. You actually said earlier this got a kind of a hip hop beat, and it does. The production is much different. Yeah. Um, there's sort of clanging piano, striking drums, hand claps. Yeah, this, I mean, this feels is a, like this is a banger. This is a Counting Crow's banger, which it is. never happens. They're just like
1: it sounds like they're just having fun yeah. drunk in the studio with a bunch of friends. That's yeah. kind of what's happening. It's a
0: freaking jam. Um the chorus is nothing special. No. It's pretty standard, simple chord progression. But the lead guitar is, is insanely huge. I love the way, mm-hmm. how loud the guitar is. And Matt Malley, Matt Malley is fucking killing this song. Insane. He he was just like, yeah, this song's okay. I'm going to fucking take this to the next level. Because he is just wrecking this like, song.
1: Like all over, but I specifically need you to hear this one part in the third verse.
3: And This girl listens to play he says where have you been i've been lying right here on the floor well i got all this
1: time to be waiting for what is mine i'll be hating what i am after the light is waiting like what what is this like a <laughs> and it's like this is a pop song this you know what's interesting
0: like <laughs> looking at the liner notes this was written by adam Vickery, mize bryson it's not written by Mally. so he was basically just like He's like screw you i'm gonna put my staple yeah, my stamp on this throw song. my amazing base on this because i didn't contribute to this sort of standard you know single yeah this is the first i don't want to say yes pandering I, but well yeah a little this is the first time it sounds like they were trying to make a hit song i can't call it pandering maybe
1: i'm too devoted to this band and the belief that everything is what they want it to be i think i read him uh, adam say something about we're not a single band we don't go out and try to write singles we try to write full emotional bodies of work Like, I don't really know if he knew. I really don't know if he knew that this song
0: was going to be a big song.
1: Even if it's the
0: The chorus is so poppy. It's so nothing like they've ever done. Yeah. Nothing like Mr. Jones. It is indicative
1: of the album coming next. True. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, I would say it's different. It's its (laughs) own thing for sure.
0: (laughs) Okay, but anyway, at least Adam also kills it on this song. There are some vocal lines... Hated what I am after the light is fading on the I do.
1: I do love that melody. That was the one main one that I was picking out. Expe- except for the way,
2: way, way, way too long. But it's I also long. love the
0: hey the, well, <laughs> <laughs> for the four way too. Hey, I've been as the drums are like. Yeah, not Say it right, but I know you're talking about yeah. Also, this is the
1: line of that you were just singing before. I got all this time to be waiting for what is mine, to be hating what I am after the light is faded. Great. Good line. And it's just a song about, like, we're just doing absolutely nothing. I'm scared about the future. But you know what? We're just going to keep hanging around.
3: Yeah.
0: It's a good song. I like it. I do love listening to it. It's not something I necessarily skip. I don't listen to it a whole lot. Oh, I think it sounds great played really loudly. It's, God, the, the production is awesome. The production is really amazing on this song. Um, but yeah, a complete misrepresentation of the album as a whole. That to me knocks this album a little further down. Because oh shit, yes, yeah, some some mm. spiciness happening here. Oh boy, this it just is so wrong. The fact that this song, this album opens with "Hanging Around" is but such. Where a, would you put it? You you don't keep it on the album. This is the problem. You just
1: release it as a standalone single.
0: "Hanging Around" does not fit on this record and. The fact that it's the opener really hurts it.
1: I agree. I don't think it takes away from how good an album it is uh, as much as you do. The thing is that this is an album that I do want to show people. I want to be like, you gotta listen to this. It's so different.
0: It's so experimental. Like, I you would, wouldn't assume that the, this. I would occurs. not be embarrassed. That's not the word. But I would just be like, don't listen to the first song. It's like yeah. it's, it's not. Well,
1: I would probably just say keep listening after the first song because this is not. But I would the also album. say.
0: And then listen after the second song, because the second song also isn't indicative. So we already said it. This album is bookended by stuff that, to me, doesn't fit the cohesiveness of the album. So there's something to be said about that. Again, it's a great song. It's a jam. I love the way it ends, the finale, with the hand claps, the background vocals, the chatting, the piano.
2: And
3: you mentioned this earlier.
0: I like that it bleeds right into Miss Potter's lullaby. It's really special. Me too. So after hanging around with the opener and Miss Potter's Lullaby, the seven-minute single. Uh, so the two singles are back to back on this album. Then we hit Amy, hit the atmosphere, and then Four Days, and then All My Friends. How was this song not on your list? I don't know. I think the verses are not that great. I don't think they're not that great. They're kind of plotting. It sounds like a long December, kind of. <laughs> Well, I have different <laughs> <laughs> opinions on
1: that. I actually think that with the verses, they took a standard chord structure and made it unique. Something about it. I don't know why. May again, maybe I'm blinded by by some of the stuff about knowing this band so well. That I'm just like giving them a pass for something like that, but I don't think so. There's something really unique I find about this verse and some of the minor changes that they do. The song is so minor for like a quote unquote poppier, more overused chord structure. And that's the verses. The choruses, I think, are are very different and special.
0: Um, I will say though, the interplay of piano, bass, guitar, drums, it's like at its peak there is just something in the verses in ge- in general. just in general on this yeah. song there's just so and this much is, this is adam on piano adam is just swimming in this psychedelic haze of music throughout this song and i just i love the sound yeah. i just i just love it to me i like yeah you're right it's always been a favorite of mine but i think i've just loved the sound more than the song Interesting. I think it's one of those for me.
1: I think the chorus is another great, just like Amy, like an exclamatory chorus of all my friends and lovers. I do love the. Yeah.
0: Best part. Best part. Best just part. Listen to this bridge. get enough his vocals
3: well his vocals but
1: everything everything the band's doing it's first of all the like pre-bridge whatever (laughs) before (laughs) the can you see her part it's so like you're lost in this kind of trance of haze and i love the bass work imi imi is on slide here just doing
2: do you want to come a little closer now? love it Uh-huh. Oh, 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 can you see her
1: the bass it's line awesome. there first of all the bass line in that part before that same drone that i fucking love that matt does and then that the walk up to oh
0: yes boom. Yeah, it's <laughs> so boom. Good. I love listening to Matt on this album, especially. Me too.
1: Yeah. There's great Charlie lines, and he's just so desperate in that. And yet his vocals are insane in that bridge. Waiting there for
2: someone.
1: Yeah. Great melody. Great song. Great string orchestrations throughout as well. I love the
2: shine like the sun.
1: And just the outro jam at the end feels so good. And they're like, it's been minor the entire time. And then for just that outro, it's a little more major and just, and it fades out, which you don't always hear with them. But
0: it you just, don't always hear with them? Well, just wait until the next album, my friend. In terms of fade outs? Fade outs. Oh, they, shit.
1: I, haven't, I didn't even cue oh, into it. Oh,
0: man. They <laughs> overdo that.
1: And then lastly, just lyrically at 17 had a better dream now i'm 33 and it isn't me
0: yeah the whole song is about how your friends have grown up gotten lives yeah. good jobs getting married and you're kind of
1: and a, <laughs> to be honest he still sings about that nowadays now he
0: says now i'm 43 and soon it'll be well there's that i'll be but also in like
1: on their most recent album he has stuff you know talk about like layered cakes and stuff like that about like wedding cakes oh and yeah it's kind of there um caught some grief from a falling leaf as she tumbled down to the dirty ground oh and also the picture that they have in the booklet is a, like a, a like a leaf
0: with a face the like a album face. art of this album to best, me perfectly the encapsulates the record and also just the band i just yeah. love that image just look it up when you get the chance yes well you should be holding the cd record now but i also love we
1: were just talking about the bridge can you see her because i'm almost there can you see her waiting there for someone like me he's not saying like waiting there for me he's like someone like me it's always
0: like just out of reach Mm. that's so so many of his lyrics are about that from all my friends we go into high life which we spoke about and colorblind and i wish i was a girl and then we hit the end stretch of the album with speedway Speedway is an interesting
1: break from the intense production on the entire album. Very stripped down. They just feel like a band-band again, which is nice. It's soft. It's sweet. It's a bit
0: throwaway, a little bit, but there's a... A little bit. But the, the Hammond organ makes it beautiful and trippy and woozy, and the bridge... It's so funny you say that. You Whatever don't like the bridge? Say, I think this
1: bridge falls short compared to the other bridges on this album. And I think this album is an album of bridges.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bridges. How can you not love that guitar line? And All this time. In oh.
1: I don't know. There's, it feels a little more bridge.
0: Interesting. Not that There's not, a song not later that... in the discography that's the biggest culprit of that. Yeah. That's the best part of the song and it only happens once. I wish it was part of the chorus or something. I love the end of it. That bass slide. You
2: don't know how I feel.
1: The beginning of the song is really cool because this is there's an entire verse and chorus without bass. And then the bass drops in and then you get the Charlie Hammond ethereals and it's awesome specifically melodically i love f-
2: thinking about taking some time great
1: melody and the
2: coming back for more his no vocals are so pretty on here
1: about. it's it's a great song it's definitely not one of the best songs on the album but i would not at all skip it take it away from the yeah. album
0: and then we go from speedway into the finale of the album saint robinson in his cadillac dream
1: This was the only song that was written before the album. You know how I said that everything was composed in the studio? This is the only one that was written beforehand.
0: What? Why? What a weird song. It is kind of like, hey, remember We're Kind of Country? No. But it's
1: not even that. It's like different than the country,
0: the folk that they did before. It feels like they're adding a little bit of a carnival edge to their rootsy folkiness. Yeah. And I'm just not that into it.
1: I've definitely grown more into it than I was initially when listening through County Crow's discography. This is definitely something that I would skip. I skip this song. You still do? Nah, I mean, no. I mean, I still do. When notes. I listen to County
0: Crow's, I listen to the whole album. But like, if I'm l- looking through to song, I don't know. Yeah, the I mand- mentally skip it.
1: <laughs> I love the mandolin riff. I like that the riff of the song is mandolin. That's cool to me. I don't know.
0: I like the way he sings Chesapeake Bay. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> that mandolin is also played by clay jones okay which i was shocked to hear i was like oh where's immy because immy's so good at mandolin but he didn't play that it's so random as a final song we talked about how it's just, bookended in such a I random just wish way there
0: was a meaningful emotional cl- climax or conclusion and this just feels well, frivolous well, i'll i'm gonna skip i guess right now to the climax
1: of this song which i would not trade for anything the get into my car oh my god that I really I, I need to play this for you With mandolin in the right ear, that one's in the left ear. It's the best end of it's the album. It's impressive,
0: I will say that.
1: It, I, it's not even that. That <laughs> one gives me sh- chills. Really? The rest wow. of the song, no. Yeah. No. That part gives me chills. But
0: go on. In a way, I wish Kid Things were the actual closer. No, no I no, prefer no, no. it no. way whoa, more whoa, whoa. than Saint Robinson. Okay, well, you do not like Kid Things, do we'll, you?
1: We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk in about a it right second. Now. No, no, no. You're still not done with Robinson. I'm not
0: done with Robinson. I like the, in his Cadillac. So there's more carnival carousel imagery on that. And that riff that you just sang sounds like another merry-go-round or something. So I like that they play with the colorful... Uh, carnival imagery a lot and it, and sort of match it musically i do like that i agree just lyrically
1: carries down in her basement all toshoes shoes and twinned with the girl in the mirror who spins when she spins from where you think you'll end up to the state that you're in your reflection approaches and then recedes again mm. so well written And also, the way he sings this and the sentiment in general, there are people who will say that they knew me so well, I may not go to heaven, I hope you go to hell. It's like, you don't really hear him say something so biting like that in his lyrics. In such
0: a peppy, fun song, Yeah,
1: and he sings it in such a, I may
0: not go to heaven, I hope
1: you go to hell. Anyway that's
0: st robinson <laughs> <laughs> so then that's really the final song of the album you look at the album on the back st robinson's kylak dream is the final song and then you know it's been sitting your cd player and you forgot to change it over <laughs> and then after like three minutes you start to hear what sounds like a record the, skipping a record skipping or eventually you start to hear um wait isn't there record skipping in chelsea there's no record skipping in this
1: No, you hear like... Oh, true, true, true. ( nominal] I think it's the
0: tape spinning of the the recording studio. But then all of a sudden you hear what sounds like a blooper reel to their recording session. (laughs) And you're kind of like, oh, here we go. But then it kind of explodes into a lo-fi jam. I think this song is a much better closer. Because especially... Fair enough. It's it's hanging around Redux. If they
1: had... So this song sounds like a demo. It to is. Me.
0: Like I said, it's lo-fi. They they did not produce this if well. If They had
1: produced it. I probably again. I love that last part of Saint Robinson. I wouldn't trade it. But I agree as a whole. I probably would have preferred this song. But Adam's still, vocals are
0: awesome on this. song.
1: There's
2: still just something Can't about get this get song. Any younger, it's yeah.
0: <laughs> what makes you think I wanted it that way? The band is just having a great time in this song, just like hanging around.
1: It doesn't feel like. Counting crows to me it feels like this kind of attitudey bluesy song that this could have been a cover to me you know hmm. what I mean it doesn't really sound like something that they wrote but they did write it so <laughs> you know what I gotta you know hand it to them I think it's fun I really like the drunk high goofing around (laughs) like at the end they're like thanks for the weed man (laughs) thanks for the weed and you just hear all of them giggling and it's just I mean again for like an avid Counting Crows fan I'll take any little insight into the recording process as I can and I just wish I was in these sessions the best part of this song to me is the bridge And what I want right now I love how his vocals warble like that it's great That's Kid Things.
0: So you end this album with St. Robinson and Kid Things, which I don't think are indicative of the album either, but what an album. I mean... What an album. It's so special. Still very special to me. Again, this is the first one I owned by them that was not the greatest hits. I I love living in the sound, the atmosphere. They don't, since this album i don't know if they've necessarily captured that same sound on this album no ever again i think they've tried for it there's a little bit on palisades park yeah in the last say, album
1: on the most recent album they i think tr- they go back a little bit but it's, it's definitely not the same.
0: Yeah, so this is a real special one in their collection i still find it to be just a masterpiece yeah. Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, Part 3 in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Counting Crows' entire discography. Now that we've discussed the band's third album, This Desert Life, tune in next week where we explore their sunshine pop album, Hard Candy. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Counting Crows. What are your top five favorite songs on This Desert Life and why? Do you agree that the opener and closer don't fit with the album aesthetic? Had you heard Colorblind and Cruel Intentions? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing
1: to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and now Instagram for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect.
0: Also, don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time, and remember, it's really all disco.